Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. All right, let's get in the Word. Take your Bible or mobile devices and turn me, with, if you will, to Habakkuk chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 3, and I'll be reading to you from uh, the King James Version on today. I'm excited about this message. This is a, just a good one-hitter. We're going to be teaching, uh, my title of my message actually is, From Here to There, The Big Picture. Come on, somebody, somebody say, The Big Picture. The theme of today's message is vision and change. Now, you know when I preach, I not only want you listening corporately, but I also want you listening personally because you have a vision for your home as well. And I believe that this, this blueprint or this model, if you will, that you're going to hear me demonstrate, you can take it and, and strip away right way and then look at your home and put your home inside of this same model so that you know in your home where you want to go and what it's going to take for you to get there. Does that make sense? Okay, so from here to there, we're talking about the big picture. Now, Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says, I will stand upon my watch. Are you with me? You tracking? Okay. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. From here to there, the big picture. Now, when I say from here to there, uh, it deals with, or I'm dealing with rather, where we as a church, where we are going. So, members, I want you to listen very intently and lean in. And for those of you that are visiting and, in, and are in consideration of joining this amazing body called Rightway Christian Center, this gives you a, a, a maximum opportunity to be able to see where we're going and who we are as as a church. Now, uh, let me say a few things. Our vision, the vision of this house, is not changing. We aren't, in this message, I'm not strategically planning with this message, so we won't be drilling down and getting into the nuts and bolts of what we're doing and how we are going to do those things. We, we are just simply with this message, message looking at our church from a distance or what I would call from a sky view position of what the big picture of right way looks like. Are you listening? Who we are and what God has called us to do as a church. And what I believe God has shared with me as the pastor and the visionary of the house, what I believe God has shared with me concerning right way. So you get an opportunity to look into me and my prayer time and relationship with God as it pertains to the church to see what God is sharing and putting on my heart concerning this ministry. You got it? And so hear this statement. When God wants to get something done... God first gives a vision. When God wants something done, he gives a vision and he wants us to write that vision down. That's why, I, you know, as my spiritual children, I'm encouraging you to become a journaler. 
I, I have a walking journal. Those are things that I write in as I'm, I'm going throughout my day. And then I have a personal journal that I bring with me in my prayer time that I date and time when God is saying something for me. Watch this because I need my mind free to think and hear. Paper is made for documenting, recording, and saving. So you don't, ha, ah, God. So you don't need to be trying to use your mind to save everything. Because that's not what your mind was actually designed for. Your mind was designed to receive. We have digital devices that are designed to record, store, and save. So that, it, so that I don't have to be talking about, oh, Lord, bring that back to my remembrance. Oh, Lord, remind me of what you said last week. Document it in a place that you know you can go back to it and get it when you need it. Amen. 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 Be that smart. I was going to say you're not that smart. What I, what I, what I, what I really should say is be smart for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And get your journal. Come on, look at your name and say, get your journal. You should be writing stuff down. Notice the Bible says that we're supposed to write the vision, not just think it. Amen. And so God gives us a vision when he wants something done. See, we don't come up with, listen to me carefully the right way, we don't come up with, we, we don't come up with a vision. We allow God to give us his outlook, watch this, and his outlook is what he thinks, where he wants to go, right? And then we partner with the way that he wants us to go. We don't have to make up a way. Are you listening to me? And so in doing this, we are in partnership with God's plan, which then assures you and I that we will always experience victory. Even when we come up against hard times, on the other side of the hard time, we're, we're still going to experience victory because we're in partnership with God. And, and he won't. He won't fail. Are you listening to me? Now, now so what is a vision? What is a vision? Vision means to see it means to see ahead. It's a compelling mental picture of a desirable future. A compelling mental picture of a desirable future. Dr. Moore, my pastor, defines vision as a journey that leads to a destination where we hope to end up. Again, he says it's a vision, uh, 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 excuse me, it's a journey that leads to a destination where we hope to end up. Now, I have a Holy Spirit definition of this word vision. Uh, it is an aiming of time, which is focus, talents, which is money and people, and temperament, which deals with energies at a desired place and or outcome. That's a good definition right there. That's, that's Holy Spirit right there gave me that. Let me, let's read that again. That's a good one. Notice it's an aiming of time. Time deals with focus and you don't have time to waste. Time and money are two of the most valuable commodities given to man. And you don't have time to waste either because you can't make either up. Even if you go and work overtime, you're not working overtime to get money back. You're working overtime to get more money. But money is spent, it's money spent. Time wasted is time wasted. So notice when we have vi vision, we're aiming our time, which is our focus, our talent, which deals with money and people, and our temperament that deals with our energies at a desired place and or outcome. You got that? And so 
And so, oh, where am I at? Where am I at? And so now we found out what vision is. Why, why does God give us vision? Why does God give us vision? Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So God don't want us to perish, and, and so that we won't perish, God gives us vision. Another translation says, where there is no vision, the people run wild. Another, another translation says, the people run all over themselves. Are you listening to us? And so God don't want us tripping over ourselves. He doesn't want us running wild. He doesn't want us perishing. Thus, God gives us vision. So God gives us vision for reasons. Number one, to inspire us. God gives us vision to inspire us. Number two, God gives us vision to inspire people with hope and significant challenges. Whenever God wants to push you out of uh, the environment of being comfortable, God will give you a vision. Let me tell you something. There's nothing comfortable about building a, almost a 60,000 square foot facility, which is going to take millions of dollars on 80-some plus acres of land. There's nothing comfortable about that when you think about the boy that he asked to do it comes out of Tomanville. Nothing comfortable about that. But I'm in partnership with God, and because I'm in partnership with God, and because we're in partnership with God, he won't fail. He won't. Are you listening to me? Great job, praise team. Listen, to inspire people with hope, meaningful, and, and, and significant challenges, God gives us vision to move through the motivation of our present because sometimes our present doesn't give a view of reward. But when you got to be, here's what the scripture says. Hebrews, Hebrews uh, chapter 12 uh, says that we're doing, watch this now, it says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now set down. In other words, Jesus was looking past the cross. He was looking around the cross. He was, he was looking around those who said, crucify me. He was looking around Judas because his vision was on the seat that he had to get back to. See, when you got vision, you're able to despise, you're able to make it through the shame. You're able to make it through the persecution. You're, you're able to make it through the not enough. You're able to make it through the hard times because you're able to look around all of that and see what God said. Come on, nudge your neighbor and say, you better get a vision. You got to get a vision for your marriage so when divorce shows up, you're able to look around divorce. You better, you better get a vision for your singleness. You better get a vision for your children because when they start acting hard-head, you say, let me look around that. Are you listening to me? You nudge the person on the other side and say, you better get a vision. You better get a vision for your business. Because when folks ain't showing up and ain't no product selling, you can look around and say, that ain't what I saw from the beginning. And you can despise the, the shame when the emails aren't coming in, when the cash app ain't hidden right. It moves us through the motivation of our present because sometimes our present doesn't give a view of reward. Number three, number three, God gives us vision to keep us focused and under control. You can tell when people don't have vision, they're all over the place. They run wild. But when you got a vision, man, you steady yourself. You're planted. I plant my feet in the shores. I'm not moved because I got a vision. 
Are you listening to me? Number four, God gives us vision so that we can devote our time and efforts to something that is meaningful to him and to people. Some of us are doing everything. We're, we're shooting darts at everything, hoping just something will catch on fire. But when you got a vision, you, you, you're not moving. If it's not on fire now, that's okay. It'll burn later because I'm doing what I suppose, what I'm supposed to do. See, it is possible to be doing things that are good but not meaningful to God. See, when we don't want to be, uh, what we don't want is to be good looking in the eyes of people, but in disorder in the eyes of God. It, there's a story told of a man that was climbing a ladder to get to the top of a building, only to get to the top and realize that his ladder was leaning on the wrong building. You climbing, but on, are you on the right building? You climbing, but are you climbing on the right side? It'd be a shame to, to do all of that work and put in all of that effort and, 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 and now have sacrificed your family, sacrificed your marriage, sacrificed your friendship, sacrificed your church time because God know your heart, sacrificed tithing with your robbing self to get to the top and realize with all that sacrifice, you were still on the wrong building. And to climb down is often hard because you've had everybody looking at you on the way to the top. So you refuse to climb down now because you shame yourself. So we've learned what is vision. We, we've learned why does God give us a vision. Well, how is vision captured? How is vision captured? Well, number one, vision is discovered in prayer. Vision is discovered in prayer. Come on, somebody say in prayer. See, you, you or we will never know what's on God's mind when we are too busy. Believers are too busy. We look like the world. We too busy. We got ungodly grinds going on, calling them blessings. We too busy. Sometimes our ministries can be too busy. We could be doing a lot of stuff, but the stuff is not meaningful in God's eye. It doesn't fit or accommodate the vision that God has given that house or this house. 2 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 says, But as it is written, I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither have they entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love us. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for his Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. And your Spirit doesn't go on search except you put it in prayer. Are you listening to me? Number two, number two, how is vision captured? We got to be watching. We got to be, come on, say on watch. To, to be sensitive, what I mean when I say on watch, I'm, I'm saying to be sensitive to the spirit, to the revelation, the prompting and signals Holy Spirit gives us along the way. We got to be watching. We're, we're, we're moving out in what we, through our prayer, when we heard, heard him told us to do, but as now we're moving in prayer or moving out from that prayer, we have to be watching. We've got to be looking out and listening for the revelation and the prompting of Holy Spirit when he needs us to pivot and do certain things uh, along the way. So we've learned now what is vision and why does God give us vision and how is vision captured? Well, well how is vision carried out? Well, hear this statement. Vision is carried out in partnership with Holy Spirit. 
God never gives you an assignment and expect for you to disconnect from him to get the assignment done. God never increases you and elevates you and expect that you now can disconnect from him to walk in the elevation. God doesn't promote you now for, for you to now cut out all the things that you were doing that brought you to the promotion. Vision is carried out in partnership with Holy Spirit. John 14, 16 through 18, here's what Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, but you neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Then go down to verse 18. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. That word comfort that deals with help. I will not leave you without help. He said, I will come to you. Go a little further down, I believe it's at verse 22, the scripture says, and he will show you things to come. He doesn't want us to carry out, thank you. He, Holy Spirit, sees uh, around the corner, so he prepares you uh, going up the street for what you're going to come into when you get around the corner. See, none should be taking the church by surprise, but we're being caught off because we're not in partnership with the comforter. We're not in partnership, this one scripture says, with the guide. We're not in partnership with the one who has the ability to see ahead of us. He's the GPS of our lives. Are you listening to me? Most people don't travel without the GPS. I don't care. They could be in their own neighborhood. Just put it in the GPS. Well, well when you plan on doing something for God, you need to put it in the GPS. Are you listening to me? And so we've learned now, well, let me say something else. We, I want to say something about this, how it's carried out in partnership. We don't have to do this alone. We're, we're, we're not trying to build what we're doing over there alone. No, no, we dare not try to do that, that alone. God is in partnership with you. Listen to me now. Now, you can resist the partnership. But as a believer, as a child of God, God, just like a parent, I don't care how old the child get, the parent is always in partnership with that child. God is our father. He's daddy God, and he's always in partnership with you. And some of you may say, well, I sure don't see it. Well, have you put him in partnership? Have you allowed him, have you given him voice to your plan? Because a man plan his way, here's the partnership, but the Lord directs his steps. And the Amplifier says, and makes them sure. So I don't have to tiptoe through this thing. I can take a firm, firm step because my, the step I'm making is sure because my partner told me to step this way. Are you listening? Are you trailing with me? Because Holy Spirit keeps us ahead. All he gives us isn't for now, though. Vision is lived out. That, that's why it's important for you to journal. There are many things that God has given to me about right way, but it's not for now. He just gave them to me. That's why the partnership and the prayer is so important because now you know what's on God's agenda versus what's on your list. Because everything on your list is not for now. 
Yeah, put a, put a spouse on your list, but is that God's agenda for you now? Because he still may have, that's my relationship, he still may have some stuff in you that, that he needs to clean out because if he put a person with you, you're going to contaminate them because you're still contaminated. So it's good to have them on your list, but God, what's on your agenda? Because I may still be in the shop. I may be in the mechanic shop, the spiritual mechanic shop up on the lift because he's working up under me. Because my transmission is jacked up. Are you listening to me? I got a blown piston. I need an oil change. <laughs> oh, Jesus, my wires are all over the place. And I mess around, let somebody ride in this car, mine called life, man. We're going to crash. And I'll blame them, but it's my fault because I decided to pull it out the shop and stick with the tree mechanic. Rather than go with Holy Spirit, who is the real mechanic. That's in my relationship series. You know what I'm saying? That's coming, that's coming up next week. I just wanted to tag it in. Sorry, I wanted to tag it in this one. All right. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's, let's talk about now. We talked about what is vision. We answered the question, why does God give vision? We answered the question, how is vision captured? We then talked about how is vision carried out. Now, now, now what is the character of a vision? Come on, say the character of a vision. In other words, how do we know if what we're hearing is really from God? Anybody want to know that? Man, is this God? Is this really you? talking to me oh I asked that question when God say go over there and get that land well I didn't have to ask that question after that because after I went through the experience of getting this building and God told me that this is where my church was going to be at because initially I came here I do believe a little bit in deja vu sometimes you could be in the right place at the wrong time and you've been there before because when we initially tried to move into this shopping center we tried to get where family dollar was in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's where we at. We can get a little small building right now. And then the man said, oh, well, uh, they say they don't want no church in this building. Okay, fine. And I took this church to all type. Of, some of y'all been here long enough that we went and prayed on churches and all type of stuff, walk around churches. You get what I'm saying? All, and then, you know, I said, I'm tired of this. I just backed up and I said, okay, Lord, whatever you want. I'm tired of going out here. You know, it, it may be faith for some folk, but I believe he's already pre-planned, predestined my life and gone ahead of me. Then I need to ask God, where it at? <laughs> save all that energy God where it at and what I, what I, when I look back what I realized it wasn't even the people in the gym that was pushing me my impatience was pushing me because I got tired of going to that gym setting up and being misused and I almost got robbed at the gym somebody uh, mad, two masked guys tried to come up one with me at the Bible study and steal my truck and jumped out had mask on oh see it's like and I'm like Lord I'm tired of this I, I want a place we can call home you get, so I'm trying to get out of there off zeal, but not getting out of there because I'm led. It wasn't a prompting of Holy Spirit. And I had to learn how to patient myself and trust on the one that can see up the street and around the corner because he was doing something around the corner. Are you listening to me? And, and the same man that told me that he did not want a church in this building after I patient myself and leaned in on Holy Spirit, who was my God and my comforter, the man called me back and said, hey, the man want to know if you're looking for, you still looking for a building. I said, yeah. He said, well, he said, get the bigger building on the other side. And in my mind, I'm thinking, it's too much. And the Holy Spirit said, shut up, boy, and get the building. I say, I say, I say, we'll, we'll, we'll take the building. I was riding home and Holy Spirit said, that's where your church is going to be. In my mind, I'm like, Lord, we already went there before. 
But I had enough sense to know what his voice sounded like. So I told Pastor M, I said, we got to pull over. Now, if you know anything about Pastor M, she don't like cold weather and it was freezing cold. I said, but you got to get out of this car because now that God told us it's ours, we got to pull it into the kingdom with our, with our confession. Yeah, God said it, but now as his federal agent in the earth, I got to declare it. God said it, but I got to declare it. So we got out the car. We pointed to this building. Three weeks later, the man called us back and gave us the building. Gave us time to renovate it and everything. Then the police moved out. I called the man and said, give us that. He said, you could have it. I asked him for the building next door. He, I said, give that to us. Don't charge us nothing extra. He gave us that. And, you know, and so that's, we, that's how we got here. We got here because God gave us a vision. Are you listening to me? And you're going to get to where you want to get to if you would just patiently wait on God to give you a vision. Because he won't fail. You can plan it yourself and you're going to fail. But if you let God plan your life out and if you follow the plan of God and you partner with God, you're going to make it. Yeah, you're going to make it. Are you listening to me? What is the character of a vision? Number one, the, uh, uh, the character of a vision is that vision that comes from God will reflect God's objectives. Proverbs 19, 21 says, There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. Too many Christians are failing in life because we, 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 we're wearing the coat of Christianity, but we're not doing it. Listen, even Christ didn't do anything without knowing that God was approving of it. Now, we know Christ is really God embodied. So even God in a body, being an example to us in the earth, showed us that in the body, although he was God in a body, he showed us that that body still had to rely on God. That's why you say, well, how could Jesus be God and be talking to himself? It ain't hard. You did it. You do it as a parent all the time when you're talking to your children. And he was living out an example. So he had to show us that, yeah, even though it's me in this body, I'm showing them that you in a body are still supposed to be talking back to me. So let me live this thing all the way out. I'm not talking. Okay. That's a whole nother mess. I don't want to go there. Number two, what is the character of a vision? It will always be challenging and always threaten our comfort zone. It's always going to threaten your comfort zone. Number three, it will be long term. Listen, it will not be accomplishable in a short period of time. Those are goals. We're not talking about goals. We're talking about vision. Listen to me carefully. It's going to unfold progressively. How did I say it's going to unfold how? It's going to unfold progressively. It walks you out. A lot of people want to get there quick, but it's dangerous for you to get somewhere quick. Because if you get there quick, you will not have the ability to help anybody else. Because you don't know how you got there. That's why I believe too many believers got but God. And they're not able to sit somebody down and explain to them what was the principles that I applied that got me to where I am. Because God wants to give us wisdom along, wisdom, experiential wisdom along the way so that now we're able to help someone else. A lot of us just want shining lights, but not, not, not with the explanation of how to get another person's light shining. I want to be able to help somebody else. Are you listening to me? 
Number four, number four, it's go, I said it's going to unfold progressively. Number five, it will be greater than the visionary. It will be greater than the visionary. Vision should outlast you because vision is generational. Are you listening to me? It should be generational. I need, come on, come on, color folks. We got to be thinking generationally. We're not thinking generationally. Now, I want to say something right here. We cannot and we must not be a right way off Vincent Robinson. Y'all heard what I just said? A am I the pastor? Yeah, am I the visionary? But it's going to outlive me. Now, I ain't dying no time soon. I already told you I saw myself dead, how I was going to die, how I was going to transition. Don't let that word scare you. It's okay. Ain't going nowhere no time soon. I look good, too. I almost looked the same age when I was 90 years old. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I just believe it. And I slept away. I slept away. Nothing tragic happened to me. I slept away. I slept. I saw my kids around my bed. I slept away. I was able to love on them, confer a blessing on them, and I just slept away. Amen. Then they was rocking in the limo. You know what I'm saying? They was rocking in the limo. Because you know what time it is. What payday. When I, when I pass, it's payday. That's why I ain't passing early. <laughs> but we can't be a right way off Vincent Robinson. Because vision is supposed to outlast me. If it stops when the person who started it stopped, then it wasn't vision. And if it was, it was built wrong. That's why if, I, if I'm gone, you're still supposed to come to church because you're not supposed to have pastor salvation. I'm, I'm making you hungry for the word, not hungry for me. Well, pastor ain't there. I just wait till he get back. Well, see, and then those same folks will get hurt and say that's why they don't go to church. Well, you wasn't going right. You made that person God. You should, be, you should be coming to church to have an experience with God and to learn the word, no matter, who, no matter who's teaching it. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. I got quiet right there. Number six. Number six, what, what is the character? Well, we can't build, and those other two things was up under five. So number six, vision from God is always people-oriented. It's always people-oriented, even for your own personal life. You know it's a vision. If, if you don't see nobody in it but you, then you don't have a vision. Vision is always people-oriented. Are you listening to me? And so where are we going, right way? Where are we going? Where, where are we going? What is God saying to me about Right Way Christian Center? Psalms, let me tell you where I got the name of this church from. Psalms 107 and 7, I was in my prayer time when God told me to start a church. I was looking for a smooth name because I believe I'm a smooth dude. So I wanted something like Strong Tower. I was like, oh, that's bad. I can see the brother saying Strong Tower. You get what I'm saying? Want something smooth. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and the Lord wasn't saying nothing to none of that. <laughs> you know how sometimes I tell you I say something and I can see Holy Spirit doing like this? I didn't even see Holy Spirit. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm in prayer because that's where you get vision from. I'm in prayer, and I hear Right Way Christian Center. I say, Right Way, I don't like that. That don't sound smooth. So I go and tell Pastor Emma, I say, Pastor Emma, I heard Right Way Christian Center. She said, I don't like that. I say, me either. And as I'm walking away from her, I heard the Lord say, Psalms 107 to 7, 1 Samuel 12, 23, because that's how he talked to me. He used scripture when he wanted to get me. 
And so I done read the Bible. I done read all the Psalms before, but I couldn't remember it by heart. So I go and open the Bible up, and I go to Psalms 107 and 7, and it says, And he led them forth by the good and right way. I say, okay. Then he said, 1 Samuel 12 and 23. I say, he going to miss it with this, and I know he going he to. He and then he said, 1 Samuel 12 and 23, he said, Moreover, as for me, God forbid, if I should sin against the Lord in praying for you, but I will teach you the good and right. I say, okay, you win. Right way, Christian center, it is. Because out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, let every word be established. And hence, that's where the name of this church came from, the right way. And that's why our, our theme statement is, you're at the right place. At the right time to be blessed. Uh, and the one thing you're going to get here at this church is right teaching. And if I miss it, I'm humble enough because I'm still growing. I'm humble enough to stand before you and say, hey, guys, that was incomplete. Let me go back and correct that. Let me iron that wrinkle out because our job is to teach the people the right way. God also told me that right way, he was sending people the right way. And for some people, this would be their last stop. Because here is where they will be able to experience true love. If they find themselves in contention, it's going to be confronted. And it's confronted so you can learn how to work through contention and not always run. And that they're going to get the word right way. And if they won't change, he said, there's nothing I can do to force them. So we get people leave for whatever reason. I, it don't bother me. I know, well, I know they got it the right way. If we had some contention going on and they didn't try, they didn't say nothing, they went off and started talking to other folk, get back to me. They said they, I'm like, really? Well, well, that ain't my teaching. My teaching is if you have an alt, you're supposed to come. So, so what they decided to do is to leave with that toxic, to, to, you know, yeah. Yeah, that word. They decided to leave with that mess in them. And so what they were really telling God is, I don't want to change. I prefer the wrong way. Because you had an opportunity to get it done, though. Come on now. Come on now. And so the vision of right way and who we are, again, is not changing. And here's some things. I got seven things. I, I believe I'll be able to get. I am going to get all this in because I got some else I need to say. Number one, number one, who are we and where are we going? 2500 University Boulevard. That's where we're going. We're building a 58,000 plus square feet facility that will seat 982 people. Inside of the building, it has a total of three sanctuaries. We have the adult sanctuary uh, that sits 982. We have our children's sanctuary that sits 150. And then we have our student sanctuary that sits 150. We have a cafe on the inside of the, I mean, it's an amazing facility. And on the backside of that facility, hoping that we can build both at the same time, we have an amphitheater that will sit 300 people outside. And then behind that, we have an amazing lake that sits on uh, five acres with the nice spring thing in the middle of it with the LED lights the water be able to change colors we have a walking trail that will go around about 70 plus acres of the property with outside sound system so you can come and walk your dog walk yourself walk your spouse and y'all can talk because we're calling it grounds of healing yeah. hallelujah glory to God that's where we're going 
Now, I'm not going to give you anything else about that because that's all we're trying to do in phase one. But notice we got phase two and three and that, that will probably outlive me. I may see it. I may not see it. But that's where we're trying to get to. So in order for us to get there, notice I'm at the altar every Sunday because the Bible says you're to follow those who th through faith and patience inherit the promise. And I'm sacrificing every Sunday at the altar with the $52 seed and even more. That's why I thank God y'all sold to me because that gives me the opportunity to participate because this is all I do. And I ain't going to get no other job. This is all I do. I ain't trying to do nothing else. God told me to shut down my shop and go into ministry full time and I tried to go back to work and almost kill my children. So I learned a lesson. Do what God tell you to do. You got it? Uh, uh, and so thank God to all of you that, that, that give pastor a whole handshake. Pastor be needing it. Glory to God. I appreciate y'all. Glory to God. But that's where we're headed. But now even though God gave us the vision, we're in partnership so God needs our participation. I'll come back to that in a minute. Number two, our school. Where are we going? Our school. We, we, we are starting a school and it's going to be K through 3. I've, been, I've met with the teachers. We got another meeting coming up. And so we, we want to start our school, which will be kindergarten through third grade. We, they all voted that that was the uh, best uh, age group to start with and stop at because they say fourth grade is a monster. And so they, that to be good, good prep. And then we'll use our K through 3 as a feeder. So as they, as they come out of third grade, then we'll start fourth grade and we'll keep feeding those kids all the way up through 12th grade. Does that make sense? Now, now uh, with this K through three, we need more time in prayer. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm still under uh, number one. I'm still under University Boulevard. What's all going to happen there? Our school. Uh, I also feel like we need more times of prayer. You got it. Some of you are new. Got a lot of new faces here. You some of you have never heard anything about corporate prayer. You're new to that. That's how we used to start all of our services off. It's a repeat prayer. I wrote a uh, corporate prayer journal. This church was built on prayer. And so we've, I got to find a way because we're at two services and probably getting ready to go back to three because we were at three before the pandemic. We've got to find a way uh, to incorporate prayer back. So I'm thinking I'm praying through us having special prayer services. And there will only be services with prayer and worship. That's it. We come in here and I'm expecting all of you who are partners and members of Right Way to come and pray because we need to pray. Oh, man, I'm going to take a pause for the cause. You know, I was in prayer the other morning. It's going to be a real transparent moment right here. We, we got a bill that we got to meet with the contractor. That's why I need y'all giving because we got a bill we got to meet with the contractor. And I don't like owing folks. I don't, right Way been a debt-free church, and this is the first time we ever had to look at owing, and I, I don't like it. Don't feel good at all. You know, I'm just talking about me. And so I, I, I was so focused on that, which is that's God's responsibility. But I was so focused on that. See, Satan's two greatest weapons against the believer is ignorance and distractions. Two greatest weapons is ignorance and distractions. His two greatest weapons against the church is ignorance and distractions. 2 Corinthians 2 and 11 says we're not ignorant of his devices. So if you're ignorant of his devices, his devices will get you. So he uses it. The second thing he uses distractions. So I'm, I'm so, now I'm going to show you, a distraction can be, you can be in a meaningful place and not know you're being distracted. Y'all ready for this? So I'm, I'm praying to God, I'm in God's face, you know God, we need to finance it supernaturally, God, send a dog if you have to, God, whatever you got to do. I'm making my confessions and I'm going off and, and the Lord say, uh, you're, you're too focused on what I'm supposed to do and you're not focusing on what your job is. I gave you your assignment. I said, except I build a house, they that labor, labor in vain. 
So I'm up the next one. I'm in prayer. And this how, you know how I be getting y'all with those uh, rhetorical questions. Y'all get quiet on me. Holy Spirit did me like this the other morning in my prayer time, Monday morning. I'm praying in the Spirit. And Holy Spirit say, what if that shooting didn't have to happen in Nashville? And in my mind, I'm like, okay, what are you trying to get at? Because I can't, I feel like y'all be, you know what I'm saying? I'm y'all now. You get what I'm saying? He say, what if it happened? What if? It's a what if question. What if it happened because a church was distracted from doing what they supposed to do in the earth? And they were supposed to be on the wall binding accidents and calamities and stuff in their community. But the church was distracted and focusing on my job and not focusing on their job. Watch this. And I immediately thought that for the past three weeks, Rightway has been called to stay on the wall in our city. Come on, y'all know. For, for businesses, for weather conditions, and for protection. We know that, right? And for three weeks, I had not prayed over protection over my city because I was so focused in God's face about money. And it ain't God's job to pray protection over the city. The Bible says the earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, not God. It's our job to bind and loose, not God's job. And I was so distracted, meaningful, in prayer, doing a spiritual thing, but I'm distracted that I'm not even on the wall praying. So what if a shooting had to happen at Immobile? And then Satan went for the juggler. He did it in the church. I believe it was an indication to the church that y'all are not on y'all job. You're so focused on other stuff that you're not being the ecclesia that I called you in the earth. And I immediately start praying over my city. I immediately start binding hurricanes. And I started seeing stuff in the spirit that could have possibly happened. And I'm seeing it now because I've removed the distraction and I'm focused. And he's showing me what to put my mouth on. I saw sharks attacks this summer, huge, multiple sharks attacks. So I immediately start praying against them. Because when God shows, see, you see ignorance, you are ignorant. Oh God, you are, you are, you, and I don't mean, I'm not mean this in a bad way, but I'm just using the word. The word means without knowledge. You are an ignorant saint of your gift. I'm going to talk to a wife for a moment, or a spouse. Let me not, gender, not make it gender specific. God shows you something about your spouse. And we, you with your foolish want to be so spiritual self sit back and it happened and then you with your crazy cuckoo self say I knew it was going to happen you so crazy what if what if God was showing you what was around the corner so that you can pray against it not sit back and watch it happen that God is showing you that to cover your spouse he was showing you an attack that was going to come, not an action that they were going to do. But because you didn't pray against the attack, the action happened. So what if they did it and it's your fault? And you mad at who? Everybody but you. Because you saw it before it happened. So why you ain't do nothing about it? With your strong woman and strong man self. Why weren't you strong in the spirit? And say, oh, okay, that's, that's coming. It hadn't happened yet. But no, you sit back. I'm going to sit back and see what she going to do. I'm going to see what he going to do. I'm going to check the phone. I'm going to watch him. You sit. And uh, you so spiritual. God showed me that. God showed. He didn't show you to sit back and brag. You're hypocrite. You're high-minded. You're prideful person. He didn't sit back for He sit for you to go in your closet 
and do a work so it wouldn't happen. And then, maybe I had, I had, I saw a vision of something happening bad to you. Maybe we need to get together and have some prayer time together. Or oh, we not getting together enough. Because I saw you eating some pound cake outside. And, uh, are you not getting enough pound cake in the house? Because we can make some more pound cake. I got children, I got teens in here, so I had to be real nice. You get what I'm saying, dude? You need some more pound cake? Because I, I saw you eating pound cake. And we can put some strawberries on it too if you want some strawberries on the pound cake. Oh, you don't like strawberries? Blueberries? Blueberries? You like blueberries? You, you want me to warm it up? You want me to warm it up? Ten seconds in the microwave? No, but you sit back. You sit back and watch it unfold and then brag that you saw it happening. Say it. Say it. And that's why we need, that's why you shouldn't be coming to church and just leaving. You need to know people because God will show you them. We're accountable for each other. You're able to pull up to the side and say, hey, I don't know why, but God just put you on my heart. I saw, is everything good? And I've learned when somebody say that, they see something. They just want you to open the door. And now you need to be on, you need to keep it real. No, everything's fine. I'm blessed and highly favored. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. You, that's that church lie. It ain't all right. It ain't all right. I do, my daughter, she, I do her all the time. I look at Keita and say, everything good? She, <laughs> she already know. If I'm asking you that, I see something. Go let, get, let, let's get it out. Because if we take the darkness and put it in the light, darkness loses its power. But if you keep it in the dark, you allow darkness to be illuminated in itself. The Bible calls it dark light. So you don't know nobody in the church. You hold yourself accountable to nobody. And because I don't know you, God is not obligated to put you on my mind because you don't know me. So church membership is more than just coming to get in the word. He puts you in a community of people to help hold you accountable. Because everybody got a blind side. There's a part of your life you can't see. Even in my car, that little light come on. When a car beside you, I, I, I drive a Mercedes Benz. I almost turned in the lane on another car. I'm like, now that, that wasn't supposed to happen. So even there's a spot on the side that even the, the thing won't even pick up. Which lets me know you can't see all of your life. That's why people don't like when other folk call them out because you think you can see it. You can't. You need to lean in and submit to what they see because you don't see it. God doesn't show you all of you. Come on, husbands. God don't show you all of you. She say something. She see something. You need to listen. God don't show. Oh, <laughs> come here, brown skin girl. God, you don't see all of you. When he say something, you won't see all of you. Because you think you come to church and he don't go to church and he say something, you think you spiritual. I've been in my prayer closet. God talk to me. God don't talk to you. No, he may be thugged out. He may not be doing church like you, but he saw that. And you need to listen with your spiritual self. Oh, thank you, lights. Okay, my time. I got to get up out of here. I'm a minute over. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go a little bit more over. It's going to be all right. I, I got I to gotta, I gotta get this out today. All right. Let me stick back with my notes. Okay. Uh, uh, 
under 2500 University Boulevard, I see us need to do it. And, and listen, I'm saying that's where we're going, but we need to be operating as if we're here now. God, I see us have, needing to put a greater focus on student ministry. In other words, they must engage God through church service. So we got to find our teams used to uh, take over all the fourth Sunday. They used to praise team and all that stuff like that. We got to, pr- I'm praying through it. I'm just sharing, showing you what God's showing me. We've got to put a greater focus on our student ministry because the, a proverb says you got to bend the sap while it's young. Right, because when it's old and it gets, it gets, it grows in that direction, it's hard to bend it back. You actually have to break it in order to get it back aligned up. And sometimes it will not align back up. And if we don't become more involved with our students and helping those parents to bend them while they're young, God said this about Abraham, for I know Abraham that he will teach his house and his children in my way. And the church should be a support to the parents. And listen, parents, will you please stop trying to be this new age church and stop leaving your children at home while you come to church? You come up in Captain Marie Roberts' house, you ain't have an option. You taking your butt to church or you sit outside till I get back. But you ain't sitting up in my house and I go and you don't. I don't understand that. You're, so when they need to call on God, how are they going to be able to call on somebody that they don't know? We're raising a godless generation. You under my roof, you eating off my table, you putting on my clothes. Them my clothes, that's my fault right now. You coming to church. Even if you in the back acting a fool, I'm going to keep you in this environment because this environment will always be cemented in your heart. So in the time of trouble, you know where to run. Yeah, we acted up in church back there playing on the back row, mama in the quiet. But you know what? I was in church. We acted a fool, went down the street, acting crazy, doing all type of stuff we weren't supposed to be doing. But hey, look, I'm a pastor now. (laughs) It worked. Number two, God told me that right way is supposed to be a debt-free church. God wants right way to be debt free and positioned to help other churches. Now, now you listen, in order to have a debt free church, you got to have debt free people. God wants us to be a debt free church because there's going to come a time where other churches are going to need help, and God wants us in the position where we can help other churches. Number three, God told me that right way, this is when I first started this church, that we would be a 2,000 member strong church. I'm not talking about counting 2,000 people on the roll. We will have 2,000 healthy people coming to our church. And so we got we to gotta begin to conduct ourselves as if we are working with 2,000 people. We need more people, more of you serving and not just coming to sit, but connecting with a department. If everybody in this room connected and was serving in some department, everybody would probably only have to serve once a month. But because not, we have members, some members serve every Sunday. Some members have to serve twice a Sunday. But if everybody, if this is your church and everybody would get involved, you probably don't have to serve once a month. We get up to 2,000, 2,000 members. You may only have to serve every other month if everybody would come and serve and not just sit. Amen. Number four, God told us that we need to stay progressive. We are, out, we are an out front church, so we have to stay current. What do I mean? I mean God, God right way is a beacon to the city of Mobile, so we have eyes on us. Now, I love suits. I ain't going to never dress raggedy, but that's one reason why I keep myself it looking like this because I know I'm out front. 
You got it? So we got to stay progressive. I'm 52. To those of you that are my age and a little bit older, at least during my tenure, I don't plan on having a service where we can go back and grab our music and then let them have their music that's that's more modern day. And then we got to go back and go, no, 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 no. We're going to stay progressive. So I need you moving. I need you moving. We're going to stay current with the digital age. You get what I'm saying? We got we to stay progressive. We got to be a progressive church because God called us to be an out front church. Are you listening to me? Come on, say stay progressive. Stay progressive. Number five, we're going to continue to have healthy, spirit-filled, engaging services. We got to continue to have healthy, spirit-filled, engaging services, leaving space for Holy Spirit to move. We know we have to worship through our 830 service, but I hope when we get over there, we can find a way to give us a little more wiggle room because we need to leave space for Holy Spirit, for altar moments. You get what I'm saying? For times of laying hands, we want to have healthy. That's what church is about. It's not just coming, sitting down, and not doing stuff because we don't want sinners to be offended. Well, I'm not going to, I'd rather offend a sinner to lay hands on somebody for them to get healed than to not lay hands and the sinner felt like I had a good time but we let a person leave sick does that make sense we, we pray in the spirit in here doing worship time because we're not talking to you during the worship time we're talking to God if I started praying in the spirit right now I would need to interpret that because I'm talking to you God has given me a word in tongues to you and you don't speak that language so someone would need to interpret that tongue but in the worship service if the person beside you praying in the spirit they're talking to God they're not talking to you so you don't need the interpretation of that tongue there's a church tongue and there's a personal tongue in the worship moment that's personal tongue that's not church tongue if I start praying in the spirit right now that's church tongue and someone needs to interpret that because that's for you all as well and not just for me does that make sense okay okay just want to straighten that out so doing our worship and praise you hear somebody doing that don't get offended they, you don't have you not you don't have that empowerment it's okay it's okay you 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 be at the nail shop and they be hey, you don't. okay I hope that wasn't offensive I ain't mean to be offensive right there Number six, number six, come on, come on, come on, number six. Number six, I got to get all this in, and I'm, I am going over my time. I'm already telling you that, but this is so important for us as a church. Number six, we're gonna co- we got to commit to our R groups. I, I, I'm, 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 now, I don't, I don't have a problem. Pastor John helps us counsel sometimes, Pastor Courtney. I'm, 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 I'm looking back at my pastoral team, so I'm getting ready. I'm going to be meeting with them real soon to strengthen that team up around me. Uh, but, uh, and, I, and I don't have a problem counseling. I'm going to throw this out there. In another phase of our, at 2500, we are planning to have a Christian counseling center because that's needed. But just, just put that on the shelf. I probably shouldn't even told you that, but that's down the line. I said that to say that we are having a lot of people now needing counseling. I get it. But what I'm asking you to do, if you were to commit to an R group, if you were to commit to an R group and go to Fitly Join together, where, where Pastor, that's Pastor John R group, where they're sitting down and they're talking about marriage, I promise you somebody in that group has gone through what you're going through and through conversation. See, we got to get past this. I don't want folk to know my business. That's your problem. That's your problem. May it, but we, we have a community where it's safe to share your business because that's where you need to get the answer at. See, all singles shouldn't be being alone. We got many groups where singles get together and, and, and chop it up and check. And you never know, your boo thing may be at the R group. She might be right there sitting beside you on the couch asking you to pass the Doritos. 
But you ain't fair. Let me tell you something. If you don't, if you don't commit to a group here, you're going to group with somebody. And most of the time, Christians group with the group that they shouldn't be grouped with. So you at your mimosa parties, your bottomless mimosa parties. Or you at your party where, where uh, your dude parties, where all y'all doing is drinking it up and gambling. And cussing and talking about women and that ain't you no more. You don't want that to be you, but but you you we were built for community, so you're just really trying to have community. You really don't want all the other stuff. You really want you want that bro man. You want and you just really want community, but it's hard to get that community and not get everything else come with it. And you really want to be with females, but, but you won't commit here, but you'll commit. And then y'all having parties where all y'all wearing lingerie. What is this? Now, snap finger is a lingerie party with nothing but women. When you put perfume on, you, you grease your legs down for who? You spray down with perfume on, for who? You got your thighs out, for who? For, for who? For who? Come on, you gonna get it the right way. For who? For who? For who? For who? I thought you wanted a man. For who? Girl, you look sexy in that. Thank you, girl. And then a dude come by and say, you look awesome. You need to go somewhere. So you will accept a woman commenting you, but push a man away. Welcome to the feminist movement that you support. That a woman can call you fine, but a man can't. Okay. Bless your heart. I'll see you single 40 years from now. <laughs> so we're going to commit to our R groups. Because we shouldn't, I, I don't, again, I'm not against counseling. We need, some of you need counseling. But I promise you, if you would commit, if you would obey your pastor and find an R group to get in, if not start one yourself, you'll be in that community where you can get the help and even the resources that you need. Number, 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 number seven, we're going to be building on our Leadership Development Bible Institute. And I'm going to go to an open enrollment format. Every month, I'll announce to you what class we're in. We're about, we got one more class Monday. We're off for the summertime, but it's an open enrollment, which means that if you, find, if you hear about a class you like, like, for instance, I know Kev don't mind me uh, sharing him. He, he came to the theology class. He said that's what he wanted. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't have, I'm not saying he didn't want the other class, but that, when he heard about that, he said, I'm going to get in the theology class. He got in the theology class, went through it, graduated out of it, called me on the phone with an amazing testimony about a conversation he had. And, and because of the wisdom he got from the class, he was able to sit there and have that conversation and go further than he ever thought he was able to go. Well, that's the class he heard. So we have open enrollment, right? So if you hear a class and you want to get in the class, you don't have to go through all the classes. You can just get in that. I don't want the next class. I'll take the class. Oh, fine, fine. It's going to be an open enrollment because I'm assigned to to educate the body of Christ. Got it? 
And number eight, the last thing, uh, we're called to houses and businesses, to build houses and businesses. We got 211 acres of property. We're looking at putting an, uh, an apartment complex on one. We uh, section out some properties across the front of our property, not blocking the church, but off to the sides. We want to put some storefronts there and, and have some incubators where uh, our members who have uh, started their businesses, we, we'll be able to provide you a building where you can do business in and get your business off the ground. Come on now. Amen. 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 Those are the eight things. There are some other things I'm praying through. I'm praying through the specifics of how we are. Oh, I left one out. And then our men. I really, really want, you know, I'm praying, man, how, how can we get more men to the church? I'm doing everything I can to not make this feel feminine. No slight to the ladies. I don't mean that at all. But that's just one thing about a man. He don't want to come into an environment where it doesn't feel like it's inviting to him. You got it? So I try to, I try to tell the ushers, if, as much as you can, let's get my men up front. I want to see men serving. I, I, from this pulpit, I ask you, man, you ain't got to know all the word and the scripture. Just your presence alone, man, as a king, man, it makes all the difference in the world. I want the men serving beside me. Amen. I'm telling you, man, something happens when you got men standing up in the church. It sets a whole nother, the, the glory of God falling out so hard. It just, I can't, it's unexplainable, but I'm telling you. And so I'm believing God that more men are going to be drawn here. And listen, ladies, I tell you this all the time. Don't be swooping them up. I know you're going to make yourself look cuter, but don't be swooping them up. They need some time with me first. He ain't ready yet. So don't be coming in there rubbing beside him and sitting beside him and batting your eyes and all that stuff. Leave him alone. Let him put some time in with me. We get him built up in him because I got to get him up on the lift and get up under there and change some stuff, some transmission work because you, you don't want him broken down. So you let me work on him and do some body work, get a new paint job, fresh seats. And then when he roll up, you be like, yes, sir, what you want, what you need. You be ready. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying through the, the specifics of how we are supposed to impact our community as a church. I'm praying through that because I don't want us to just take on some stuff that's meaningful or that's good, but that's not meaningful to God. And it's easy for a church to do that, just to see the need and immediately jump on the need. We're not called to take care of every need. You got it? And, and so, and so I got to hear because I got to get... Uh, which, okay, so when I, when I, the things I'm praying through it are the systems uh, that will build and impact families. I already told you one, our Christian counseling. I have in my heart the desire to do uh, a financial management and recovery course where we're able to take single moms and run them through this system to help get their credit right and help them teach them how to balance uh, their checkbooks and get their monies right. My desire would be to take their whole check, give them a stipend every week, run them through this three-month process, and by the time they get through the end of it, we're going to give every, your checkbook, your credit, we're going to get everything back to you, and we're going to show you what we were able to do with what you already had. You just didn't have the discipline to do it with. Now, you, and then you think you're paying us, but really, we're going to take all that money that you would pay us and put it in an account. So not only when you make it through our program, is your money and your credit right as much as we could, but you got a nice nest egg over here that you can work with. But now we can give it back to you because you have the mindset to go with the money. 
You get what I'm saying? And then maybe we can move you through some housing, get you in one of the apartments for six months, give you the opportunity to get back up on your feet because we all make mistakes. Pastor M has in her heart to work with young ladies uh, that have gone through traumas in life. That's in her heart to do that. So she's praying through that and, and what that looks like, uh, whether it's going to be on the teenage level or the young girl level. So we got some things that we want to do, but these are some things that we're praying through. Don't come up and give me no ideas. I'm praying. You pray. You pray. You pray. Don't come up and say, Pastor, what you think? You pray. That ain't that, I, this, ain't, this wasn't a mess for you to come and give me no advice. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Lord Jesus, don't let them come give me no advice. I just said pray. Amen. Thank you, thank you, Faith. Thank you, Faith. Faith, say hurry up, Pastor. Okay. And so right away, this is us. This is who we are as a church. I've given you a sky view, right? And now as we begin to unpack it, then we'll get into the nuts and bolts and work out the details, but that's not what this message is about. This is your church. This is what God has put on my heart. This is the direction that we're going uh, as a church. And I'm just hoping that this opened your eyes and, and gave you some clarity on what we're doing, what we're called to do, and now you can see how you fit in to help all of this come to pass. Amen. I had some other stuff I was going to share, but I'll get to that on next week. I'll share that another time because I'm way over. I'm 19 minutes over my time. And so, Father, we just thank you, Lord. I, I pray that I've um, properly articulated and shared uh, what you've given me to share with Right Way Christian Center, Center from this sky view uh, position of our vision and who we are and where we're going. I pray that they will pray over it and allow it to ruminate over their hearts so that they can find uh, their place of particular in the ministry and as partners of this church in Jesus' name. And Father, we just thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.